Tyler win an MVP this year? I hope so. Uh, you, guys are, you guys are up to something. This was the worst comments I ever got on a high-rated quarterback, and I've been doing this a long time. Run up pads on, so we're not going to talk about a whole lot of nothing. Tuesday is sparring day, Wednesday is day that we install everything that we're going to do in the game, and Thursday we just turn it up a notch, you know? All right, well, let's, uh, we're excited to hear all about it. Uh, so let's let's just get it started. Welcome to uh, the Backjudge Podcast. Very special episode along here with Lee. But, of course, bring back Daniel Kelly, the uh, former Jet scout, author of Whatever It Takes. We interviewed him back in the summer. Uh, and he tweeted, on was it on Sunday, that you had a plan to save the Lions. And I was I was quite curious to, to hear what it was. So, uh, But first things first, uh, you know, you're doing well, everything with uh, the pandemic, staying safe and hopefully having a good Christmas here coming up. Absolutely, guys. Uh, thank you for having me back on the show. It's great to be back on. Things are good in Key West, Florida, where I'm at right now. And, uh, yeah, Christmas is uh, right around the corner. And, and hopefully uh, the Detroit Lions will be getting some presents here. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got my popcorn ready. That's all I, that's all I got to say. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so Daniel, the best, the, the way kind of Lee and I thought we would do this is just, Hey, you know, we're, we're Sheila and, and Chris and, and Rod. And uh, we just would love to hear what your pitch is. Uh, absolutely. Uh, well, you know, with all due respect to begin with, uh, you know, I know that uh, the Detroit Lions are a very conservative traditional organization. And uh, but my ideas are, are very outside the box, uh, very revolutionary, very unique. And, uh, you know, I would I would like to begin I, I sent uh, uh, Mrs. Uh, uh, Ford Hamp a, a proposal along with Mr. Rod Wood, the president of Detroit Lions, about two weeks ago in the mail. And, uh, you know, I simply put, um, you know, if you give me the opportunity to come in there, I will win the Super Bowl for the Detroit Lions next season. And I'm prepared to walk up to the podium in Detroit and the open, in the opening press conference. And the first things that when I'm first introduced, what I will begin by saying is Detroit Lions, Super Bowl 56 champions. That's a huge promise, you know. Uh, hearing that as a – I'm sure Adam could probably give you a better description <laughs> than I can, but as someone who's been a Lions fan – for recent history, that's, you know, that's a huge promise that almost would, would come off as like maybe getting over your skis a little bit. But uh, at the same time, I know you are a, a reputable football mind and I, I would love to hear you kind of explain how you would go about doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the thing I, I proposed uh, to, to uh, uh, Mrs. Fordham, but also to, to Mr. Rod Wood was that I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the first general manager uh, in the history of the National Football League to propose that I'm going to work on 100% commission. Uh, no base uh, salary, no guarantees, one-year deal. Uh, so I'm willing to put my money where my mouth is. Um, and so it's, it's going it's, it's to be structured as a uh, uh, paper victory, and um, it's something that will be uh, structured where it will really revolutionize the game. Uh, because right now, guys, uh, you know, the general managers and, and the front office people get paid, uh, you know, the same win or lose, rain or shine, 16-0, and 0-16, it doesn't really matter. And what this does is this revolutionizes the pay structure to, uh, you know, put the focus back where it should be, and that's on winning. And so that, that's the first thing I'm going to be doing. And uh, you know, there's a number of different things I want to do, um, and, and it begins by bringing in um, the head coach who I put in this position which would be Brian Dabble. 
uh, from the uh, from the Buffalo Bills, who who I love, uh, who has uh, you know it's it's kind of he's a he's partially uh, comes from the Belichick tree, uh, partially comes from the Saban tree, and when I last year when I interviewed in Washington, I looked at a lot of different teams, and the team that really caught my eye was the Buffalo Bills. To me, guys, the, the number one thing that I want to do is I want to make the Detroit Lions offense completely and utterly unpredictable. In, in a league where we have um, you know, tendency charting, in a league where we have copycats, in a league where we have read and react, where you, know, you go three wide receivers, I go nickel, you go four receivers, I go dime, you know, one says potato, another says potato. Uh, I, I believe that Brian Dabble brings a level of unpredictability uh, more so than I've seen out of any system in the National Football League, uh, whereas every single play is a little bit different. You never know what quite what to expect. I was extremely high on Dabble last year. In fact, I recommended to Bruce Allen when I interviewed with him last year as the president of the Washington um, Redskins football team, whatever you want to call them. They were Redskins at that time. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, I recommended Brian Dabble to come into Washington uh, because of the fact that he's extremely unpredictable. Unpredictability wins, uh, in, in my mind. And there's a number of different things I want to do and see done offensively that will take the league by storm. Um, you know, it, it's funny because back in 2012, I've known Mark Tressman, who is the only coach in the history of football uh, to, um, uh, you know, coach two different league MVPs in two different leagues with, uh, with, with uh, Rich Gannon out with the Oakland Raiders and also Anthony Cavello with the, uh, you know, up in the Canadian Football League with the Montreal Alouettes. And, and I, I recommended to Coach Tressman when he became the head coach of the Chicago Bears, I, I emailed him and I said, you know, what do you think about putting, uh, you know, Tim Tebow on the field the same time as you have Jay Cutler and, and developing into a two quarterback system that would really wreak havoc on the cover two in the NFL because, because Cutler takes a snap, Tebow set behind him. You know, he pitches out the Tebow, Tebow hits the edge. Is he going to run? Is he going to pass? What is he going to do? If the corner comes up and declares run, we pass. If it's the opposite, we run. And, and, and I, I put together this whole, this whole, you know, system and scheme uh, that I felt would win for the Chicago bears. And uh, coach Tressman wrote back and he said, uh, Dan, you're unbelievable. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I've always been known as somebody's been a little bit before my time. And, and, but, but at the same time, uh, you know, we've seen since then, we've seen the Baltimore Ravens run this system. Uh, you know, we've also seen the New Orleans Saints run this system. And I would like to see the Detroit Lions under, under Brian Dabble run possibly a two, maybe a three quarterback system and maybe even change up the starters from one week to the next to who would be playing. So nobody would really quite know what to expect from us. Maybe even having a tight end in the game uh, who's a former college or a high school quarterback at a high level, you know, productive level, you know, and, and because uh, there, there's, there's a certain element of, of, and somebody I want to bring on staff um, is under Dabo. There's a certain element of rugby football I would like to see installed where maybe there's multiple touches offensively uh, on offensive plays, which would really, you know, kind of make it much more, almost like what we saw to Brian Flores on, on, on Sunday, um, you know, down against the uh, Patriots 
athletes where there, there's, you know, some razzle dazzle, some pitches out, some different things that would be very different and hard to, de to defend offensively. I, I want to bring an energy and unpredictability, a, a speed and a tempo that the National Football League has never seen to offenses uh, in the NFL. And, and another thing we're going to do is we're going to be the uh, first team in the NFL not to have a punter in our roster. We're, we're going to go for it on every fourth down and uh, we're going to set the tempo because that's going to be our model uh, heading into training camp. Uh, we're, we're going for it. And, um, and, and to me, guys, the only way to beat the box is to get outside the box. And so that's, that's how I would start, um, you know, with, with the, you know, as far as building the Detroit Lions up to be Super Bowl champions. Well, Dan, I'd like to give you credit because you did come, you know, over the summer you were speaking praises of Brian Dabble and obviously things have really kind of exploded in Buffalo. Um, they're one of the favorites in the AFC and even in the NFL to, to win the Super Bowl and Dable more than likely will be getting a head coach opportunity uh, in the NFL next year. Um, let me just ask you, I Thank guess, you, from, from the point of the, from the Lions perspective, I think I kind of wrote an article about what's next for this team coming into the offseason. I think the two big personnel decisions you have to make if you're going to become GM is what are you going to do with Matthew Stafford? Um, and then what are you going to do with Kenny Galladay? Um, and there's a couple of different routes you can take with both those players. And I'm just curious where you stand on them. Yeah, with Stafford, I, I would continue to keep him on, on the team. Um, I, I, I really liked what I saw of him last year. I, I was really surprised this year because last year, the Detroit Lions, I think I mentioned your guys' show the last time we were on, really resonated with me. I, I thought they were, you know, becoming an explosive, aggressive offense. I really liked how, you know, Bevel and, and Stafford had, had kind of uh, resonated with one another. I, I felt like they're going downfield a lot. Uh, they're going a lot deeper. They intermediate the deep routes. Um, I just felt they becoming a lot more aggressive and then you know Patricia comes out this this you know as we head into the season and says well you know I I, I don't know if we're going to win a game you know basically in September and I'm like well that that's that's not a good <laughs> you know that's not a good message to send to your team and, and the team really became a lot more conservative offensively I, I still think Stafford has a lot of game in him I, I still like Matthew Stafford a lot and I would love to see uh, you know one of the things I'm going to do if given this opportunity is I am going to sign Tim Tebow and uh, bring him in uh, to the Detroit Lions and play him in that two quarterback system uh, sometimes uh, you know Tebow will be under center sometimes be Stafford sometimes it might be somebody else uh, but um, you know I, I really want to see Stafford stay and see how that develops on the other front with uh, Kenny Galladay uh, you know I think that he's probably going to want to move on for a lot more money than uh, you know than we'd be willing to pay him at this point um, I think he feels like he, he's a lot better receiver than 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 I've evaluated maybe him to be and uh, so it'd be kind of interesting to sit down with him and see what he has to say uh, but uh, you know I have a lot of ideas of what we can do you offensively at the wide receiver position and I'm sure that's something that uh, you know uh, coach Dabo would have some you know some real thoughts on as well as far as what we wanted to do so we want to have an offense we want to have receivers that are explosive receivers that can cut very quickly and we're also going to institute something I would like us to see us do is institute what's called a custom route tree a lot of times in the NFL you know you guys have probably seen 
you know, where, where the offenses run, you know, design routes, um, you know, whether it be a 10 and in, 10 and out, uh, post pattern, fly pattern, go pattern, whatever, right? Uh, well, what I want to do is I want to I want to put together a passing tree that you know that because a lot of times defensive backs will sit on routes and they'll almost predict the routes what they're going to be. Um, I want to make a custom route tree that no defense has really seen before. And the one thing I have noticed more than almost anything else when I'm watching defenses in the NFL is that a lot of these corners are showing the tendency to have a very hard time changing direction quickly. I don't know if that's something you guys have seen, uh, but I have seen that where they have a very hard time, uh, you know, adjusting quickly on different routes. I, I've seen some different routes, uh, some teams run that's almost like a snake route where guys will kind of weave back and forth and, and it, it creates havoc because the defensive backs, the corners do not know what to expect. And uh, I think we'll create a lot of opportunities. So we want, uh, we want wide receivers that are really going to be, you know, have, a, have an ability to quit, you know, change direction very quickly. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. What, how, uh, just looking at it as if you were to hire Dable and bring him in, do you think that he would be on board with signing Tim Tebow? And if he wasn't, what would your approach be? And how would you pitch signing a player who hasn't played, you know, in the NFL for a few years? And when he did, I will grant you, I was a Tebow fan. I think that there probably has been a place for him in the league the past few years. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, he, the way that he was kind of pushed out of the NFL and, cast as a quarterback who wasn't necessarily reliable as a passer how do you how would you approach that conversation with uh with your new coach brian dable yeah that's a very interesting question uh, for sure um you know the th the thing there's there's a lot of misunderstanding in my mind i, I think he might be open to the idea uh because obviously uh Bilicek had uh, tebow up up in new england uh so that you know he's familiar with him you know i, I think it's it, tebow is somebody that's that's really misunderstood uh to me i always i always marvel at the thought that well you know because i mean i i faced this when he came out um i spoke at the sports manager worldwide conference in indianapolis uh, in front of an uh, auditorium full of 400 people and and they asked me, they said, well, you know, what do you think of Tim Tebow? Is he an H-back? Is he a tight end? What is he? I said, no, he's a quarterback. And in 2014, I wrote an article saying that Tim Tebow is a future Hall of Fame quarterback in my mind. I think he's somebody that, that, that is a natural born winner. Uh, which is proven by his his background. I think he's a natural born leader, uh, unlike very uh, very few um, you know that are out there. Uh, and I think he's somebody that you know I would I would sit down and talk to the, to, to Coach Dabo. And I would I would just kind of emphasize that he he's going to be our wild card. He's going to be a guy that's, you know, you're going to be able to do a lot of different things with, and it's going to create even more unpredictability and more instability uh, for, for opposing defenses, having him in the game, because no one's really going to know what to expect uh, when, he, when he's in there. So I would, I would have that conversation with him. Uh, I feel very strongly about Tim Tebow. Uh, like I said, he's won everywhere he's been. Uh, you know, what, I, what he did in Denver was extremely impressive to me when he came in, uh, you know, when the Broncos were one and four and, and won all those games down the stretch, uh, leading, you know, Denver to the playoffs that year. And I don't think he really got a fair shake from there. Uh, he's somebody that, you know, when he went to uh, New England, he pulled out a couple games in the preseason. He did the same thing in Philadelphia. He got cut both places. Tebow has been keeping himself in professional shape, uh, playing shape by playing uh, professional baseball for the New York Mets organization. 
And one thing I go back to, uh, Lee, is, is that, you know, to your, to your point, is, is I, I had the opportunity once um, in 2012, uh, you know, heading, heading back uh, when I lived in Arizona at the time, I was, um, you know, leaving the uh, Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. And, um, you know, I had random seating. I always like to see, you know, what will happen randomly in my life if I don't, you know, try to control it. <laughs> and um, it was interesting because I got on the airplane and I sat down, I looked across from me and it was Lee Steinberg. You guys know him? Not Former GM in the NFL. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 a super agent in the NFL. Um, you know, I grew up watching him. You know, he always represents the top. You know, draft picks every year. He always has armors around the you know top one, two, three picks um, in the draft. Uh, he was somebody that uh, they they partially modeled the, the movie Jerry Maguire after. If you guys remember that movie at all, mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and and he's a super agent. Matter of fact, they even have a day in San Francisco called uh, Lee Steinberg Day. He helped save the San Francisco Giants organization from moving. Famous agent, and uh, I just know that because I was a football nut way back from the time I could crawl. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, you know, Lee Steinberg, uh, you know, he was sitting right next to me. And, 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 you know, Mr. Steinberg had been through some, some personal difficulties that are, that are well documented. And, uh, you know, he was kind of in the mood to talk. He was kind of make a, making a comeback. Of course, now he's Patrick Mahomes uh, agent. But at the time in 2012, he was making kind of a comeback and he was very open with me and, and he wanted to talk. And we started getting on the topic of, of the conversation of, of quarterbacks. And uh, I'll never forget Lee Steinberg telling me, he says, listen, Daniel, he said, quarterbacks are like a fine wine. He said, they take time to develop. He said, a lot of times these teams want instant results when they bring a guy in. If they don't get it, they become impatient, move on, et cetera. He, but he pointed out, you know, with Rich Gannon, which I thought was really interesting. You know, I pointed out earlier with Mark Tressman coaching him um, in, in Oakland, uh, Rich Gannon was a 12th round draft pick. He was a wide receiver coming out of Delaware. He was drafted by the Minnesota Vikings. He was a guy that, uh, you know, kind of came into their system and played some for a few years. Uh, then he went on the Washington played there he bounced around went to Kansas City and, and most people you know to to a man thought his career was pretty much over by the time he signed with with Oakland and at, I think it was like 39 years old he became the NFL MVP uh, that year that uh, Oakland went to the Super Bowl uh, so so I, I think that you know Tebow I think is you know he has a deep desire to play every chance he's gotten to play he's produced uh, he, he's won games he's pulled games off the end I even suggested to uh, Bruce Allen last year in my interview in Washington that, you know, maybe we bring Tebow in as somebody who's like a, um, it's never been done before, but almost like a, a relief uh, pitcher in baseball. Maybe we bring him in in that, that position uh, where he, you know, he comes in and, and does relief work at, at certain times as well. So I, I really would like to see him uh, you know, I really would like to see Tebow uh, be somebody that almost be like a wild card, like I said, in our package. And of course, I would listen to what uh, Coach Dabo had to say. I have great respect for the man. Uh, he's got an incredible football uh, background and pedigree. And uh, we would, you know, we would talk about that, um, you know, and, and we, we would go from there. But I, I feel very strongly, very passionately about Tebow. And as you guys can tell, and I've taken a lot of heat over the years about Tebow. Uh, but I, I believe that uh, he's a, uh, a natural born leader that can bring the very best out of people around him. Um, yeah, I think too, I mean, whether or not, uh, you know, if you would bring in Tebow or if it wouldn't work out or not, I think the offense still is in, is in decent shape considering um, all, with all things considered across the league, especially if you decide to keep Stafford uh, in at quarterback. But I think where the real rebuild with the Lions organization is, is on the defensive side of the football 
And I mean, obviously you have a quick timeline for, for how quickly you want things to get turned around there in terms of turning the Lions into a real contender. But there are still going to be pieces from this Patricia Quinn era on defense with Trey Flowers, um, Justin Coleman, Jamie Collins, who are going to be probably on the team at least through next year just due to their cap hits if you were to release them. But there's other players you can let go or whatever. So just based on what you've seen from the Lions, I know you. I read reading some of your articles, you don't like uh, Deron Harmon. Uh, very much if I remember that but I mean just based on the the defensive side of the football I mean what's your plan there to get this uh, unit back on track that's been one of the worst in the league at least the past three years uh, absolutely the first move is, is getting rid of Harmon that, that that's the first move <laughs> and uh, he and I went back and forth on Twitter a little bit when I uh, put, put an article out there about him uh, Harmon I'm talking about went back and forth and uh, he had a play I, if you guys recall um, against the Green Bay Packers when when Aaron Jones had a 75 yard touchdown run you guys remember that yeah and and uh, you know I, I I you know I, I called him out on on the play and I said, well, you know, I said, what was that? Because if you go back on YouTube and pull it up right now, even we're on the on, on this on this show together, it, it, you'll see how absolutely embarrassing it was uh, for both the safeties, for for Will Harris and for Harmon, uh, because Jones comes exploding all the uh, line of scrimmage like he normally does, <laughs> and um, and I don't know what kind of angles um, you know Harmon and and Harris were taking, uh, but they were some of the poorest angles I've seen in 40 years. Of, of watching professional football. It's almost like they went out of their way to miss the tackle. And so, yeah, I have been very publicly, uh, you know, uh, critical of both safeties. Uh, we need people in there that want to play. We need people in there who are aggressive in nature, extremely aggressive, and people that want to play. And, and that's, that's you know, that's going to be something we're going to look at. I, I like Trey Flowers a lot. I do not like Jamie Collins' play. Jamie Collins is a guy that only plays when he wants to. Bill Belichick is the only person who's been able to get out of Jamie Collins anything more than that. In, in Cleveland, he was awful in 2017 when I was going for the general manager's position with the Browns back then when I was in communication with Jimmy Haslam. Uh, he was awful there. Uh, he played better in New England. He, he's, he's, you know, mediocre again. Uh, you know, so that's somebody who I would take the cap hit on. And I, would, I would get him out of there because we want guys in there who want it. That's the prerequisite. We want guys that want to play. And uh, we're going to do that by bringing in the defensive coordinator I have in mind, who is Ray Lewis. And uh, Ray, Ray, Ray isn't going to take that that uh, half, you know, half approach to the game. Uh, Ray Lewis is one of the greatest motivators of our time. Ray Lewis is a guy who, who can motivate a group of guys to run through a wall. And that's who I want leading our defense. That's the kind of mentality I want. And then I also have somebody who's done work in the Canadian Football League who's going to be incorporating a defense that the National Football League has never seen before, uh, something that's going to be a lot more coverage-orientated uh, to try to, you know, throw teams more off balance, something that actually, uh, you know, really plays to our advantage and uh, something that, uh, you know, I don't want to let the cat too much out of the bag, uh, but uh, so to speak with the lions, the cat, get it out of the bag. <laughs> but uh, uh, but, but it, it's, it's a defense that the NFL has never seen before because different wins in the National Football League. If you guys recall uh, the 46 defense with Buddy Ryan when he came, you know, with the Chicago Bears, uh, you know, different wins. And, uh, you know, there's been some wrinkles and some things over the years. Uh, Bilicek's umbrella zone, uh, some different things that have come along that uh, really have thrown – 
uh, you know, the league for a loop. And that's really what we're trying to do. And what we will do is we are going to give teams looks that they have never seen before. So when they come on the field and see this, they're going to, they're not really going to know how to, to immediately respond to it, which is going to give us a tremendous game day advantage. What would the pitch be to Ray Lewis to come to Detroit? We're going to win the Super Bowl. I, I love Ray. I, I, I love, I love, I love Ray. Not I a love, bad I, pitch. Yeah, a, absolutely. If you want to be a part of the most exciting thing in the National Football League, come to Detroit, because because what we're going to do there is we're we're going to play a, a brand of football like we saw you come all the tunnel with. We're going to play a brand of football that's nothing but pure fire coming out of the tunnel. We're going to play a brand of football that you can lead a group of men into battle, and that's something that he has expressed that he likes to do. It's something he loves to do. It's something he did as a player, and it's something that we will allow him the chance to do in Detroit. And uh, he's expressed an interest in coaching, and I want to provide that opportunity to him because you you look back. Back at, at um, for example, with, with Ozzie Newsome, Ozzie was a Hall of Fame uh, tight end for the Cleveland Browns, who went on to build the uh, you know Baltimore Ravens into into a powerhouse, and and I believe Ray Lewis has that same type of um, you know. Uh, pedigree, if you will, in him, where he can transfer from what he did in playing to the coaching side of things. He understands the game. He understands the players. And a big part of this, guys, is being able to carry a locker room. That's one thing that Bill Parcells, when I was in New York, did extremely well was being able to carry the locker room and be able to relate to the players. And Ray Lewis is, 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 is a player's coach. He will be. And he's somebody that the players can relate to, they respect, they respond to. And he's been between those lines before. And so I believe it's somebody that the team will listen to very carefully. And we're going to find guys you know, out there that will respond to his brand of coaching. It's exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> it's exciting stuff, and uh, I'm, I'm, uh, you got me thinking wishfully, I guess. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That, 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 that's, that's the name of the game right there. And, and we also have some wrinkles on special teams uh, that are really going to throw a league for, for a loop, too. And um, I also have a, a play on special teams that the NFL has never seen before uh, that's going to dominate the punt return game in the National Football League. Well, I hope you get that interview because I'll be uh, I'll be waiting for all this to unfold. You got a, You got a lo lofty expectations, to say the least. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I, I'm of the belief, guys, that that the word impossible is just a word. Uh, it, it's something that that anything is possible, and it's a mindset, and and that's why it's so critically important because I really believe I can build the Detroit Lions into the greatest dynasty in the history of the National Football League. And and unless your leader, unless who the family's talking to right now has that belief, it is a waste of time to bring in somebody else as a as a general manager or or anybody else because because the leader has got to be able to see the promised land. The leader has got to be able to see the promised land so he can communicate. It's got to be authentic. If he can communicate it, it will resonate. If it resonates, the players will take action. If the players take action, the results will be there. You cannot have another one of these guys come to Detroit and say, well, you know, I, 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 you know, I want to field a competitive team or, you know, well, you know, we're going to really try to make, you know, make a push for the playoffs. Where you set the bar, that's where your, your team's going to play to. We saw it this year with Patricia coming on and, and saying, well, I don't really know if we're going to win a game in September. Well, look what happened. <laughs> you know, it, 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 your leader sets the tone and that's from day one 
We have the expectation of winning the Super Bowl, and that's what we're shooting for. That's what we're going to play for. That's what we're going to do, and that's 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 what we're putting on the line. Uh, Daniel, outside of I guess I mean you've talked a lot about football strategy on you know with all three uh, phases of the game in terms of kind of free agency versus the draft, building your team. Um, where does you know where are your philosophies uh, in terms of that? Because I mean I think the the common thing you hear is like you kind of fix certain holes during free agency, but you build through the draft. Is that something you believe in too? And, and what is your philosophy when it comes to those two important parts of the off season? Uh, absolutely. Great, great question, Adam. My philosophy in, in a free agency is, is you, you, you know, a lot of the times, you know, guys, when they get paid, they, they lose the hunger. Uh, so, so I'm, I'm looking for guys that, you know, might be tier two free agents uh, that, you know, want an opportunity. And, and the main thing I'm looking for in free agency, Adam, is, is I'm looking for guys that can play special teams. This is something I did in 2001 as, as the uh, New York Jets. I was the first special team scout in the history of the National Football League with the Jets in 2001. I wrote a 350-page book on special teams, evaluating every kickoff, kickoff, return, punt, punt, returner guy in the league. And, and I developed a revolutionary system that I believe can control the field position. And, and by doing so, will give our team, the Lions, a distinct game day advantage. Because if you have better field position offensively, obviously you have a better mathematical chance of scoring, right? Correct. Right. And defensively, yeah. if you push them back, you got a better chance of stopping them and they got a better chance for a fumble, throwing interception, no matter who they are. You know, so, so we're going to build mostly through, through free agency where most of our focuses could be on special teams. These guys are throwaways to most teams. Most teams don't really care one way or another about special teams. A lot of guys who play special teams don't care about special teams. They're just out there waiting for their chance to play offense or defense or, you know, become a starter someday. But, but there are guys out there, core special teams players who can come in maybe five, maybe 10 guys that can absolutely dominate the field position game, set the tone. Like I saw in Washington growing up when Wayne Sevier was there under Joe Gibbs, when the big special teams hit to start the game, uh, set the tone for the entire team, got the crowd in the game, got everybody going. So, so that's the philosophy through special teams. I don't want to spend a lot of money on guys per se, unless they are, are big time players and, and, and have a level of humility to them. And so many times we we see these guys get paid like like Harmon and Jamie Collins and these guys and they you know they, they, they can take a playoff here there and everywhere and and these guys don't bring the intensity uh, that that, uh, that their salary says that they should be bringing uh, so that's kind of the philosophy on, on free agency uh, is to build the most dominant special teams unit in the National Football League and the philosophy through the draft a lot of times is, is a lot of times Adam and Lee the guys that do really well are the guys who are hungry guys that are in the in the maybe the four, fifth, sixth, seventh rounds. And so what I want to do is I want to trade down. I want to trade out of, of the first, second, and third round as much as humanly possible and pick up as many fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round draft picks as I can. Because I grew up watching and studying and learning from Bobby Bethard, who I consider the greatest general manager in the history of the National Football League, who's in the Hall of Fame. And Bobby only had uh, two first round draft picks, I believe, his entire tenure in Washington. They went, they won three Super Bowls. 
And, and most of those teams were built with guys in the later rounds, so the, the, the underdogs, the guys that were, uh, you know, they, they, and they blended together. They, they, there's a lot to be said for one of the main jobs of being a general manager in the NFL, in my mind, is you have, it's like being, a, like being a scientist. You have to understand like, like, like the chemistry of the team. And a lot of times, you know, I mean, this country was founded on the principle, give us your tired, your poor, your hungry. A lot of times the guys in the lower rounds are the guys who want it, the guys who are hungry, the guys who will come in and compete and play hard. And those are the type of guys that we want to bring in uh, on their first contracts, mostly the, the play on our team. And, and then we're going to build around, you know, in different ways around, around them. Yeah, that's definitely uh, an interesting, uh, interesting philosophy. And I guess to, um, I guess, you know, my last question for you would be in terms of uh, everything that you would want to, to change um, with the Lions, is there anything this year that you've seen on tape or on film, like that's like the number one thing that you want to fix immediately, like day one on the job? Yeah, absolutely. The, the culture, the, the environment, uh, it, it's, you have to have an environment and expectation you're going to win it, win it all. You know, when Daryl Bevel took over just a couple of weeks ago, he said, we're going to try to make the playoffs. That, that's, that, that's, you know, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get a team that wins one and loses two. So to me, creating an environment, that's something I learned from Mark Tressman when he left the NFL to go up to the Canadian Football League in his book, Perseverance. The number one thing he talked about was when he took our Montreal. I mean, there was coaches out there who told Mark Tressman, don't, don't even try to call play the first year or two. Just, just, just don't even do it because the game is so much different up here than it is in the NFL. So what Mark did, and, and Mark is brilliant, is he went up there and he focused on the environment. And the first thing he did is he walked up to the podium and said, hi, my name is Mark Tressman, but he said in French uh, up in Montreal. And, and, he, and he, he worked on the environment and worked on getting inside guys' heads. And, and because the game is won or lost from the neck up, I believe that 90% of the players in the NFL are pretty similar. Uh, these guys are, you know, there's a top elite 10% of guys, but most of these other guys are, 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 you know, they're all big, they're all fast, they all lift weights, they all eat the right diets, they all have agents, they all, you know, everything, they're, they're the pretty much the same. So the game is won or lost from the neck up. So I want to create an extremely positive environment, uh, an extremely uh, an environment of intense aggression and, and a lot of intensity, a lot of positivity and a lot of confidence. And guys that come in like Ray Lewis, like a Tim Tebow, like these different people I'm sharing with you guys today are going to help create that environment. So that's the number one thing because I never felt by watching the Lions this year, I never felt like they really believed that they could win. And that's where it all comes down to is belief. You have to believe in order to achieve. Like I said, I'm, yeah. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. There's a lot of positivity, which is, which is reinvigorating and, you know, it's nice to hear, but thank you. There, there's a certain level of, and this will be kind of my last point, I guess, is if things were to go wrong, right? Like as, and I'm not saying like massively wrong, but let's say the start isn't as expected and you're three and three, six weeks in, what would you, what would the message kind of be? Cause you're setting the bar extremely high. Therefore the expectations are going to be extremely high from the fans. You're making these moves that are going to, that are revolutionary, that are big, that are kind of trying to change the game. And now you're going to see, obviously the media is going to jump all over you. If you're three and three, things aren't really working out well. There's maybe an embarrassing loss in there. Uh, what's kind of the message in the early part of the season when you're really not, 
hitting your mark necessarily? Great question, Lee. It, it's the same. It's the same message from the beginning. Is we're going to win it because the leader has got to continue to believe and continue to preach the message that okay. So we had a setback. We had a setback or two. That's okay. We can go on. We can win this thing. I've seen it happen enough times where teams will start out a little bit slow or something will happen, but then they'll achieve down the road. I think Joe Gibbs, the Hall of Fame coach in Washington, started his first season. I think he, he like they, they thought he was going to get fired. He was so bad, and, and, but but he was able to turn around. So it's continue to preach the same message consistently and continue to work with guys and continue to push forward. you not to back off that message whatsoever because that's what I believe is possible. I believe it's possible for the Detroit Lions to win it all next season. And, and I, I, I believe that unequivocally. So that would be the message I continue to preach as we continue to go forward. Very good. Well, we, uh, we appreciate the pitch. I have, I have a couple other uh, general NFL questions. Um, yes, past, please. Past the Lions. Uh, I know you and Lee kind of chopped it up about Darnold last time that, that you were on. Uh, the Jets are now in an interesting situation where they won a game and now they're kind of on the outside looking in for the Lawrence sweepstakes. You were talking earlier about Lee Steinberg and, and quarterbacks aging like, like fine wine. What do you think about Darnold and, and going forward with the Jets? What, what should they do? Well, I, th I think they should stick with them. I, I think at this point, they've got to have some type of veteran leadership with that team. I, I don't think the problem per se is Darnold whatsoever with that team. I, I think that by letting go of a lot of the key players they let go of is, is a big part of the problem with the Jets. And, and I think the entire environment is, is an issue with them. So I would continue to, you know, probably stick with him going forward. And, um, you know, I, every, it's funny because every year, you know, every team thinks, well, you know, tank for this person, this person's going to be the savior. There's very few of these guys that can come in, as, as we've all seen, right, and, and can just lead a team right off the bat to the promised land. So, so I, I think that, that the least of the problems the Jets probably have at this point is, is Sam Darnold. I think they got a lot more significant problems in a lot of different areas uh, that uh, need to be addressed uh, and, 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 and things that need to be changed around him. I wanted to ask, um, you obviously brought up Dable in, in this interview. You brought him up in the first one we had. Um, the Bills are obviously having a great year, like Adam was saying, one of the, the favorites to compete in the AFC. Josh mm -hmm. Allen having kind of a – he's in the, at least on the, on the ends of the conversation um, to be the MVP. How much credit would you give to Brian Dable? How much credit would you give to Josh Allen and even Sean McDermott? Where do you think that – like, if you, if you were to take Dable out of that situation, do you think that there could possibly be a pitfall? Or are you more of a believer that Josh Allen can be, a, you know, one of the better quarterbacks in the league? I think he'd be one of the better quarterbacks in the league. I, I think, obviously, Dable has really helped him, um, you know, as far as giving him a system to play, and much like Charlie Weiss did for uh, Tom Brady early on. Um, you know, but I, I think that he's a very talented, he's a very quirky quarterback, um, and, and, but he's a quarterback that, that is, is got a, it's got a chip on his shoulder to some degree and somebody who I think would continue to succeed at, at, at a pretty good level. I, I expect the Buffalo Bills to be in contention for, for quite a few seasons, um, you know, in, in the AFC East, given the dynamics and given the roster they have, I, I don't know, you know, how much they would miss. I know they would miss, uh, you know, dabble quite a bit uh, in some regards, uh, schematically. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, all three of those guys, to your point, Lee, I think all three of those guys have done a very good job and uh, all three bring something different to the table that uh, is unique and is successful. I, I think all three of them are, 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 are good in their respective positions. And I guess looking, 
looking towards the playoffs now, I mean, things are, are kind of shaping up uh, in the NFL in terms of who's going to make it. I don't really exactly remember who you were saying your favorites were in, in, in July or so, but that's who, okay. I don't either. Yeah. Who, <laughs> who are you looking at now in terms of uh, maybe, you know, AFC, NFC championship game and who do you think uh, are the favorites to be in the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl? Well, I tell you what, um, you know, last, last year, like I said, I'm always a little bit, you know, you know, I've been accused of being a little bit before my time. And um, you know, last year when I, I predicted Green Bay that won the Super Bowl last year, I, I thought they were right, right on the cusp. Um, you know, they're, they're looking really good uh, at this point. Uh, I would fully expect to see Green Bay in the NFC Championship game. Um, and, and I think that there will be a, a dark horse team that, that they play against. Um, who that might be, um, it depends. I mean, it could be Washington. Uh, you know, I, I know that John Riggins and Dexter Manley on their, on their show, uh, you know, Phil Washington's going to make the uh, NFC championship game. Uh, and then of course, a lot of that depends on Alex Smith. I mean, Washington with Alex Smith. Yeah, maybe, maybe they sneak in uh, Washington with Dwayne Haskins. Uh, you know, not a chance, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's, it's so, uh, you know, it, it, it's something where, you know, it, it, you know, but possibly uh, those could be the two teams, uh, but I definitely see Green Bay coming out of the NFC. And uh, I think, I think, you know, Kansas city is going to be the odds on favorite to come out of the AFC. You know, I, I don't know. I Pittsburgh's, you know, showing a lot of chinks in the armor right now. Uh, you know, I, I think they're a classic example of a team. We hear it every year guys where, you know, a team peaks too early, right. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, Pittsburgh has peaked too early. Um, you know, Miami could make some noise as well. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Miami be kind of that dark horse team too, if they're able to, you know, get in there. Um, and Buffalo obviously is going to be right there as well. It could be a Buffalo, Kansas City, AFC championship game. That, that's what I think will probably happen in the AFC. Uh, and um, it's going to be a close one. Uh, but, um, you know, I don't know. And it, it could go either way. I, I, I kind of think it's going to be a Green Bay, Kansas City Super Bowl personally. You guys? Oof. I like that prediction a lot. I don't know if – I mean, I'll say, before the season I predicted Kansas City, Tampa Bay, I was buying in on kind of the Arians-Brady experiment. Mm -hmm. um, I've not been necessarily overly impressed by Tampa Bay thus far, but I have kind of been someone to say – um, I think this is a team that you talked about peaking at the wrong time. I think this is a team that could end up peaking at the right time and, and things start clicking right now-ish. They have – the remaining schedule is uh, Detroit and um, I think Atlanta again maybe or Carolina, another kind of easy game they probably should win. And they're mm -hmm. shaping up to play the NFC East winner. I know you were talking about Washington. You've got to give respect to Washington um, and that defense, especially Alex Smith kind of controlling the football, not turning Absolutely. it over. But I think Tampa Bay could be a team that makes a run just because of the experience between Brady, Arians. And it may sound silly to sound just because they have been a team that's gotten exposed a couple times this year. But I still think that their defense is formidable enough for them to kind of make that run. And uh, if they can play that way they did, you know, in that early game against Green Bay, I think it was week five or six, um, they should be in pretty good shape. So I, I'm going to stick with my prediction of KC Tampa Bay. Yeah, wow, I think I, that's I, awesome. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I'll say this uh, to your point. And I just right, right quickly, I'll say this yeah. to your point, Lee. I'll say this, is that when Tom Brady's in the playoffs, it's like watching Michael Jordan. Yeah. I would never bet against him. No, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, 
so so yeah, that's game time for him. That, that's that's game seven, the NBA Finals for for Tom Brady when he gets well, to yeah. the playoffs. And, and I think he I think he I think he wants to prove. I, I think a Tom Brady going to the Super Bowl would prove because there's a lot of talk. Was it you know New England success? Was it because of Belichick? Was it because of Brady? Was it this? Was it that? They had kind of a falling out together in New England. Um, mm-hmm. You know the two of them. And so I think Brady uh, Brady already has a chip on his shoulder to begin with, mm-hmm. and, and and a motivated Tom Brady who's in the twilight of his career in the playoffs. That that could be frighteningly right. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah. both of the both of them have done a pretty good job this year. Belichick didn't have too much to work with. I still think, although the Patriots underachieved a little bit, they uh, they were pretty feisty. And you know, you got to give credit where it's due to to the legend Bill Belichick, of course. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he deserves all, all the credit in the world. The best ever. Yeah, I would kind of sign with you. I would like the Chiefs, um, Packers, but I would also just in the AFC. I think the Titans too shouldn't shouldn't not be taken seriously. Um, I know they have issues on the defensive side of the ball, but I mean, looking at the run they had last year, Derrick Henry's still on the same level. And even, you know, even the Ravens, and they're on the outside looking in right now, but they have a a pretty complete team. And if they can put some wins together here down the stretch, it's going to get super, super interesting. Yeah, and not not a lot of people talking about the Ravens either. That's something that's interesting. They kind of may have a little bit more of a chip. Last year, they were kind of the darling, the media darling. Now, Lamar, people are saying, you know, well, he can only win with his legs and People are kind of overlooking the Ravens. So it'll be interesting to see, especially them losing in the playoffs a couple times now, what approach they're going to take this year. Yeah, absolutely. And never, never overlook the Ravens. I mean, they've, they've shown us, you know, that to us in the past. And, and to your point, Adam, too, uh, with the Tennessee Titans, um, you know, I had a chance last week to look at uh, really study, uh, you know, uh, Henry for the first time uh, running the ball. And I, I was blown away. I mean, it was, I knew he was good, uh, but actually watching all 392 plays he was a part of this year um, on NFL game pass just blew me away how he's able to run the ball and, and also catch the ball too. Uh, to me, he's the most complete back, the best back in the NFL right now. He's on his way to his second straight rushing title. It looks like this season. And uh, he's a, he's a man amongst boys out there. And, um, you know, he put up another 147 yards last week against Detroit. Uh, we, we all remember that of course um, in, in the one touch down but yeah he, he's he's incredible uh, for Tennessee so they, they they could definitely make some noise too and Tannehill's uh, playing pretty well as well what do you think of Arthur Smith as a as a potential head coach candidate uh I don't know a lot about him actually um fill me in well he's the, he's the OC in, in Tennessee right there's right. a lot of buzz lot around him. him yeah I know I don't know a lot about him to be honest with you guys yeah. just yeah, because I, I know They've done a nice job there, um, you know, but I, I just, you know, I, I, I have to really, you know, research and study him to really have a, a formative opinion about him. Mm. And is, I mean, is there anyone else kind of, I mean, I know you're a big Dowell guy, but who else do you see in the head coaching pool as, as guys who are, you know, potential, you know, head coaches who can stick around a while? Yeah, that that's interesting. I, I know Matt Campbell's name is being thrown around a lot uh, out of Iowa State. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I wrote something for the Lions to see uh, Nick Saban might try to get his name out there a little bit. Um, you know, there, there's a there's a couple other coaches I know that um, you know that are out there that are you know maybe potential candidates. Um, you know, Slay, I know Detroit has mentioned him before with the 49ers. I think that, you know, somebody that, you know, he'll probably get some looks. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him end up in Houston, actually. Um, you know, so, and uh, there's, there's uh, you know, obviously Cowher's name is being mentioned. Uh, you know, there, there's a few others, too. Um, 
you know, they're out there. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of interesting because a lot of times uh, we don't know who the candidates are really going to be until it comes time to interview because a lot of times these different uh, candidates, uh, you know, have sources in the media that push their name. But when it comes right down to it, you know, teams are, are going to look elsewhere when it comes down to the uh, final call. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and, uh, I mean, Daniel, before we let you go, is there anything else you, you wish to say about the Lions or NFL season, anything like that? The floor is yours. Hey, thank you very much. Uh, I, I want the job. <laughs> That's yeah. all I have to say. <laughs> I, I, want, I, want, I want the opportunity. Um, it, it's something where, you know, I, I know I can do it. I, I want to do it. And uh, to me, guys, you know, just like my book, you know, like we talked about before, whatever it takes, um, it, it's more than a title of my book. It, it's a way of life. And, um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to talk because if I can even have 10 minutes uh, with with uh, with Mrs. Um, uh, Ham Ford, um, you know, if I could even have ten minutes with her, I, I know for a fact uh, that that we can, uh, you know, that we'll get it done and we'll win the Super Bowl. Very nice. All right. Absolutely. Very, very nice. Great hearing from you, Daniel. Hey, thank you guys. Thank you as always. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for having me on the show and giving me a platform uh, to talk about my vision for winning the Super Bowl in Detroit and, and, and building the next great dynasty in the National Football League. And when it happens and they invite me in, I uh, guess who's going to be sitting in the front row of the uh, press conference? Yeah, baby. Yeah, That's baby. Right. yeah baby. <laughs> you guys. We'll be there. We'll be there. It's going to be you guys. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna, yeah, you guys are going to be right there in front and center. So thank you so much for the opportunity. So I, I won't forget where I came from. Very good. Very good. We like to hear you that. You got it, Dan. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Have a great you night. It.